I've got the boys together. Jonas. To do what? Spank the bastards. Warning. Hang with the boys contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended or you're a superhero, do not continue to listen. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hang with the Boys. This time we're talking about season one, episode six, The Innocents. Joined with me today is only Michael Flores as Ryan has been killed with a C4 bomb blown up his ass. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it's graphic. Well, he would be like translucent. He oh, probably yeah. would. And well, he would totally the be the one to pull the trigger on that detonator. If it I'd was be Ryan. Huey like, in this show. Yeah, except you wouldn't be tormented by it. You'd be like, <laughs> fuck this guy. He got exactly what he deserved. Oh, man. Well, there's a reason there's only two of us here right now, right? No. <laughs> Now Ryan's doing other. If you look shit. closely, his insides are someplace around the, the studio. These walls weren't always red. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week we're talking about episode six, "The Innocent." The boys are ready to call the call in the cavalry after getting a massive amount of info about Vought and Compound V. The female's past is finally revealed, and both Huey and Annie realize that some things are beyond their control. Uh, director was Jennifer Fang, and this one was written by Rebecca. Uh, sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. Thank you. Now, this episode, I, I will admit, it was a little slower, but I think it was important that it was. It needed it, to be. It needed to be. We it, are closing in at the. This is what the last quarter, the technically last, of the season, the, the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and you need a you need a little bit of a slowdown for the last two episodes to ratchet up naturally, and it made sense. But it was it still had. That unique Kripke flair, like starting out the gate, dude, that cut homage kind of thing of reality TV. Oh, I loved it. Kripke has just such a fucking great understanding of television. Yeah, he does. Of the medium, of the people behind the camera. Like, you know, he modeled that angry director producer off of someone he's had to work with. Oh, for sure. Like he, I'm glad you got that dude, dude because I've worked with that person. Yeah, well, not just that. I'm talking about the Kripke flair. Cause that's the first thing I was thinking when this episode opened up, I'm I like, started laughing immediately. This is 100% Eric Kripke. It's him. It reminded me of changing channels. Yeah. Immediately. It reminded me of that. His, his understanding of every different genre, all the things that go into it, the people behind the scenes, the decisions that are made and why, so much of it, it just it, it just pours from this guy and he takes those ideas. And instead of saying, eh, let's let's just do another standard episode. He's like, well, how can we do this a little different? I'm six episodes and in a right. It reminded me of Supernatural season one mm-hmm. where he's like, you know what? We've done a couple of episodes. What's something we can do that's completely different that we haven't seen yet? And it doesn't have to be the whole episode like that. Right. Having little snippets here and there throughout this one helped a lot i i loved that immediately but we get a little bit behind the scenes of several characters we get a lot of what's going on with butcher we get some of what's going on with homelander we get the story behind the female the ideas use her name thomas was it kamiko use her name i don't know she's known as the female that's her that's her that's her name that's her superhero name (laughs) the female but it had it had some strong character building moments throughout and starting with that what is it super in america was like the name of that mini reality tv show yeah 
thing. And I love that the producer called it out because I'm sitting there watching this dude. And I'm like, God, this feels like something from like the learning channel or, or one of these crap reality TV shows. I'm like, he's, he's mimicking that. And then the director producer says, yeah, if we were on the learning channel, I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, it's perfect. Yeah. But I, I did like the cynical vibe behind that. And you can just see the fake smiles on everybody. And I think that's, that's what Kripke does best with his show is he's able to have fun while also making sure the people out there who might not be following along as closely as mm-hmm. say you or I, mm-hmm. he's trying to make it clear corporate greed. Yeah. Corporate scum. This is what controls this world. The world of the boys is manipulated and controlled by perser- perversive manipulative marketing. And that was the entire point of this episode. And rather than yet again, we've said this various times rather than preaching to us, which was, is something that a lot of shows would choose to do. Yeah. Have done. You have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, we're able to digest the, the lesson, if you will, of this episode. Well, the thing that I, that works really well is the juxtaposition. We, we show, what we're presenting to the public, what the mm-hmm. marketing guys have seen, what the marketing dollars went into, whether it's the message or the the autobiography by Queen Maeve or the various other things that go into all of it's fake. And then on the other side, behind the camera, we see these real moments where, yeah, this is my house where I grew up. And my dad always told me, you know, my mom's cakes were perfect. And he's like, yeah, are we done here? This fake fucking house. It's fantastic character development honestly it's it's great character development it's a natural unique way to share it not just sitting there monologuing about their past yep we get to see what's that old thing you learn in screenwriting 101 show show, us don't tell don't tell us yeah it's a perfect example of that we see how homelander reacts to the blanket we don't know why but we understand we see how much of his persona there is fake because of who he is and how he reacts the second the camera turns off where he's like, are we done? Great. And he just kind of walks off. Queen Maeve's behavior and asking to not be seen on camera, take, turn the cameras off. And, of course, the scumbags in marketing are just like, keep rolling. They always do. The Oh, you come on, Thomas. The scumbags. You never stop rolling. It doesn't matter what happens. I didn't say you you stop. You just whisper. I said you always keep going. Holy. You just don't let them know that you're doing that. But his wife just came on set accusing him of cheating on it's okay. her. okay. We can use this later. For the TMZ. It's B-roll. <laughs> we'll just dub over it. I mean, honestly, I'm probably the woman that was in charge of these little reality shows. Oh, I don't shows. doubt That's that at me. all. I don't doubt that at all. I'm like, we weren't, we weren't, uh, we were just testing the shot. We oh, no, we it's just rolling. we were framing for another thing. Completely irrelevant. <laughs> okay, now you can cut. <laughs> I, in fact, I think I do that I'm to you sure guys you, in the studio yes, here. you have. You're like, hey, don't record this story I'm about to tell. This isn't like, going to okay, be on camera, not, right, Mike? But like, then of course not. But then it's released on R- Patreon click. as a behind-the-scenes bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I'm horrible. Yeah, we know. And that's why the boys is so relatable. I would be part of Vought. I think, <laughs> I think that much is clear. <laughs> but we see all this, how they're presented and how they're portrayed and then we juxtapose that with the realities of the situation with the, you know, AA for superhero victims meeting. Oh, that part was disturbing. Oh, dude, that was rough. The different things of between what's what's portrayed and what is real. 
It's a very b- distinct difference. And this episode here really gets into that. But the important thing or the starting thing, as always, we have a little bit of news, is that apparently Amazon's The Boys is bigger than any Marvel Netflix show. Now, put that into context for just a bit. That's four or five different shows at this point. Daredevil, was it Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Defenders, plus The Punisher. So, shit, six six shows. The Boys has outpaced all of them to some degree. Amazon's The Boys is more popular than any of the Marvel Netflix shows, according to Data Analytics. The last decade has seen the superhero genre go from strength to strength, particularly on streaming services, both... And both Disney and Warner Brothers are now prioritizing superhero content for Disney+, Hulu, and of course the DC Universe app. Fortunately, Marvel and DC aren't the only comic book publishers, and rivals like Amazon and Netflix are commissioning lesser-known properties from other publishers that are already proving a hit. The Umbrella Academy sucks. Oh, sorry. The Umbrella Academy became the biggest digital show in the U.S. That show's so awesome. And there's evidence that the Amazon's The Boys is performing even better. But just how popular is The Boys? Data analytics firm Parrot Analytics has provided exclusive information to Screen Rant, the source of the article here, for The Boys' first season by comparison. So the graphic here shows the the spike as the show launches and becomes live. And then it shows how long it takes in months for it to trail off. and Or is it months or weeks? I can't quite see the graphic here. I'm not sure. Uh, how much it trails off over time. So with Daredevil Season 1, which released in April 2015, it saw comparatively low demand. Uh, It's easy to understand why. Back in 2015, streaming services weren't well-known for their original superhero shows, and frankly, Daredevil was viewed as something of an experiment. Uh, Initial demand for Jessica Jones was higher, and interest of Luke Cage again higher still. Uh, Marvel Entertainment SVP of original programming... Karim Zarek recently noted that each of these four series appeal to a different demographic. Uh, each show for us has a different demographic. It's very specific. Women to look for Jessica, men to look for Daredevil, young men to look towards Iron Fist uh, because of the age of the lead character. The I, Man, when you read stuff like this, you realize how dated some of these marketing firms are. Yeah. Because like, none of that matters. Like it, it does. Don't get me wrong. It does, and you do want to cater to a certain demo, and I have found that most women tend to prefer Jessica Jones over, say, Daredevil. That much is true, but that doesn't reflect the viewing, though. Right. Because a Marvel fan is going to watch Jessica Jones regardless of it being a female lead or a male lead on this channel, on Netflix, mm-hmm. anyways. Maybe not movie-wise, but Netflix-wise, yes. Most Netflix fans or the, most Netflix subscribers are going to want to get their money's worth and they're going to watch all the shows. The demographics have changed significantly. I mean, the truth is it's more about are, fandoms. It's more about yeah. fandom over. Well, marketing is still basing all their stuff off old Nielsen system ratings and shit that worked in the 60s yeah. and the 70s when TV was new. And they haven't figured out that the Internet's a thing, truthfully. But uh, The Boys, however, follows a very different pattern. Demand was already measuring as higher in the run-up to season one's release. The power of the SBN family. That's why. And then it uh, benefited from a strong marketing push in the final week, which was clearly excess, according to Parrot. Demand increased by a factor of three during that marketing campaign, 
which contrasts neatly with the Netflix approach. The streaming giant didn't really spend much money on marketing, trusting the Netflix algorithm to recommend shows to viewers. As a result, there was no uh, real pre-release bounce for a Marvel Netflix series due to advertising. But that's not where the difference ends. The Boys was released in the same way as all four Marvel shows, with all episodes dropping at once. But it didn't follow the traditional streaming pattern at all. Okay, hold on one second. The one thing they don't seem to mention in this article is the fucking obvious. Who's the fucking showrunner? Eric Kripke. And what type of fan base does he have? Uh, Crusader-like fervor. That's what they're not taking into account. I'm not saying everybody who loves the boys loves is a fan of supernatural. That's not the case. The fan base is much bigger than just supernatural because of the medium, because of the content. But the reason why there was all that pre excitement and the reason why the show is no doubt as big as it is, is because of Eric Kripke and the supernatural fan base. We already know their power. What was the last estimate over 20 million plus fans mm-hmm. of supernatural? Yeah. No more than that. I think, because that was based on what four or five years ago on a study that we went through during a show on the a crossroads. So they're not taking into account the fucking obvious. Yeah. Put it all on black when Eric Kripke and the Supernatural family is involved. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Uh, this is probably relating to strong word of mouth, but may also reflect Amazon's continued marketing of the series. Surprisingly, demand then uh, remained at an elevated level for much of the first month. With It shows signs of dropping towards a base level now, but it is likely to be a far higher than Marvel than the Marvel Netflix one. Second season is going to be even bigger because there has been such positive word of mouth. There are people who never have even enjoyed superhero shows who Mm -hmm. are watching this. This is appealing to a very different demo as well. I have preached at my work that Supernatural is a good show for a while. Only one or two people on my immediate team ever gave it a chance. The boys has had about half my team finish the entire run already. So there is perhaps it's simply the right time, right place. And this is something we talked about on this show prior that the boys is perfectly timed post and Avengers Endgame, where we're kind of starting to get burned out on the superhero genre and we needed something different. And the boys is a great example of that. And it's tackling a lot of social issues without Pulling its punches. Another thing that a lot of people, whether they think it or not, whether they know it or not, desperately want content that is real, that makes you think and makes you feel something, not just another layer of gray paste to keep you diluted. And I guess it's all right. I turned it on. It's background noise, but I don't really know what's happening. People are watching. People are paying attention. People are talking about it. So it's it's just... All good shit. And I think they continue on here for a little bit saying part of it simply because the show is that good. Showrunner Eric Kripke has put together a tremendous cast and the scripts are tight and efficient. Finally, they said something accurate. Right. And the boys is only eight episodes while Marvel shows were 13. (laughs) Has nothing to do with it. I'm like, you just gloss over. We do their job for them. No one cares about episode order anymore. These people are living. It's it's the problem with AT&T. And you know how we always bitch mm-hmm. about their handling of Warner Brothers? Yeah. The people yeah. in charge of AT&T are from the landline era. They're used to running services based on wires. Yeah. And now they're trying to handle streaming services, wireless technologies. There's a reason why there, there's a recent call 
based off Wall Street rumors that they're being told to remove themselves from their positions because they have no concept of what they are talking about or trying to govern. And a lot of these articles nowadays being that all the studies say this. How the old are you? Well, here's here's where this this article loses me because it says the boy subverts all these tropes in an entertaining, original and uh, occasionally uncomfortable ways. The scripts, the script adapts a classic comic book story, resetting it as a David versus Goliath narrative with a remarkable amount of heart. It's an irreverent parody of countless Marvel and DC superheroes. Okay, one, it's an adaptation of a real thing. It's not a completely original idea. I don't think this person's done their research on the boys at all. Two, it's not exactly an irreverent parody. It's a dark reflection of our society that is using the framing of superheroes, which is the most colloquial, yeah. popular, easily digestible okay. frame. Like you, we've could have, God damn it, we could have summarized this. You know what? We with no, no, I, Fuck, we dude. do have marketing experience. But okay, let me let me see the back, best. Way back to it put up this. a bit. Um, okay, three reasons why the boys is blowing it up. Superhero genre. Eric Kripke and the Supernatural Family. Good writing. Positive word of mouth. Four. Done. That's what it is. And yet they have all these charts and, and, and data. I'm like, well, people are lazy and there's only sense? eight episodes. Common sense tells you exactly what it is. Well, again, they goes like, well, Netflix had 13 episodes per season and Boys is eight. That's almost half as many. It doesn't even matter. I fell asleep. What? Yeah. Yeah. So the... <laughs> People doing their research or not, the point is the boys has done a very, very good job. It is trending longer and stronger than any of the other Marvel shows. The drop-off is natural and to be expected. And I do think the Marvel shows continuing a pattern will inevitably kind of hurt it, whereas the boys is the only thing. It's not like there's another version from, you know, yeah. Shockwave's perspective starting next year. Yeah. And if anything comes out. In, in, if in, nothing can come out right now within right. the next five, six years, because it'll look so obvious, obvious that you're yeah. trying to bite cash grab. Yeah. Oh, people love it. Let's do that again. Well, let's make uh, the superheroes uh, bad. How about that? That's real original. Yeah. I, we, I'm sure we'll see that soon. So guys, if you are wanting to invest in your life, invest your spare change automatically. That stuff that you just throw casually aside in your car, Join almost 4 million people saving and investing every day. Sign up in no time to save and invest more money with Acorns. Acorns Core automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalanced when the market fluctuates. Save for the future and invest with Acorns. Once this show is on demand, click the Acorn link within the description of this broadcast and start saving today. So let's get into the episode now. We've 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 talked about how great this fucking show is. So let's we've, actually we've edged talk. the listeners. We've edged you guys enough. Let's time to just put it enough in. tongue work. Let's actually get down to dirty business. Yeah. So the main thing here, probably from the boys' perspective, is that Butcher's a fucking liar <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. You know, he brings... Understandably, though. It's, it's understandable. We, we get a lot about what's going on with him in this episode. But he brings the CIA everything that they have, which is a lot. We find out that 
bought and the corporation has created this compound, has been shipping it as polio vaccine since the 70s, which is shocking in and of, of itself. Yeah. That for 50 years about, give or take, they've been pumping random babies with this chemical all on the hope that they can capitalize on them later. And that is some fucking evil shit. Yeah. But at the same time, is that not what marketing is? Is that not what happens when you buy your kid a Star Wars shirt to make him a fan? They're grooming. They're grooming your children from a very young age. In fact, there's a whole antitrust thing going on right now because YouTube and Google were accused of doing just that as of two weeks ago. Yeah. They're grooming your children without you even knowing it. They're telling your child at the young age of two, three years old, whatever age you allow your child to start surfing YouTube, which is pretty young. Shouldn't be, probably. Probably not. But they're grooming your children. And that's exactly what you see. Algorithms. Dude, the allegory is amazing in this week's episode. It's unsettling, too. It's very uncomfortable. When you really start digging deep into the meaning of this story and what they're really talking about and getting into, the social relevance is, is disturbing at times. I feel, I feel more uncomfortable when I am able to understand what they're really saying than when, you know, the deep is being fondled. <laughs> Or whatever. When he's be uh, sorry, prank yeah. caller, prank caller. That's a head. A head. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut Ugh. that. Uh, you know, I'm more comfortable than I'm more uncomfortable than when we see one of those sexual, you know, explicit scenes, or mm-hmm. when homeboy tells everyone that his dick broke off in a soup. <laughs> you know that uh, that's yeah. disturbing. But it's when you there's when, un- you, there's when you disturbing start and unsettling. Yes, and when you start realizing how a lot of this is, yes, fictionalized world, and but they're delving into real world issues, it's not com- it's not it's not a great feeling. No, it's not. And I can it's completely understandable why Butcher is in the position he is. He wants a he has a list of demands. He brings it to the CIA. I can I can never remember the deputy director's Raynor. name. Raynor, Raynor, I believe. Raynor, Hottie McGee. Yeah, yeah, Hottie, Hottie McGee. He brings it to Deputy Hottie and gives her a list of demands of things he wants, which of course is protection for them. You know, part of the CIA, all this, you know, salary and all these things. But he also their wants mission is accomplished. Basically, missions accomplished. We did the work for you. Now pay us. Yeah, exactly what he sought out to do. Minus the Homelander side of things. Mm-hmm. Job well done. You did exactly what you sought out to do to get the support of the CIA and get a case going on, get a case started against Against Vought. Yeah. And he gets that. But what he wants the more than anything is Homelander. And of course, Rayner says, you're not getting that. We will play ball with everything else, but we can't give you that. Not only because they're terrified, but because they don't have anything concrete that ties it to him. They have Vought well, nailed to the cross. But they also said, what was her word? She said that they, they're afraid. They're, terif- they're terrified, like terrified of Homelander because of what he can do. What, what was her words? I'm going to paraphrase here. He can level this building. He can destroy us. Yeah. I mean, Everyone in it. That's the real fear right, right there. And that, again, is a very real world moment. The yeah. reason why we don't go up against some of these juggernauts is because they're so powerful. They can end you. And no one would ever know. Or to be able to stop it if they wanted or, to. Or end your career, end your job, 
Yep. Destroy your livelihood. Take your family. Yeah. So when she says that, it becomes very real because Homelander is very complicated and you find yourself at times kind of feeling for him. And and I know that sounds weird, but you do because he's not he's definitely twisted. But you get mm-hmm. the sense that there's so much more going on with him. Yeah. Um. So you have to be reminded you have to because he is so goddamn charismatic. You have to be reminded that this guy's a threat. That this guy is a is a bad seed. Well, he's and, a bad a loose seed. Cannon. You know, it's 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 a couple things because he is a monstrous individual. He is a, a fucked up individual. But we start to see in this episode that there is more to it. He is not just your character, snidely whiplash, evil villain. Much like Magneto, he has a reason for him justifying the horrors he commits because of how he looks at other people. Do you think after this week and the reveals, because we kind of got into a bit of a backstory Mm -hmm. when it comes to Homelander. Yeah. Do you think we can empathize with him a bit more now? Do you think it's okay as an audience to say, "Mm, you know what? He's not evil then. There's something going on there with him. He's in some ways, it's almost like they're leading us by the nose that, Hey, this guy is also a victim of sorts. And I think we might have said that in our last discussion as well, that he's coming off more and more. Yes, he's all powerful. Yes, he's a loose cannon. Yes, he's sadistic at times. Uh, he has God syndrome. But something had to happen. And while we don't know 100% like words written down verbatim, yeah, we know that he was a baby in a lab. We know that the Vought Corporation created all the superheroes. None of them were born. So he's a victim to some degree. Now, the exact extent of those circumstances we're not 100% certain of yet. But he's clearly been messed up and traumatized by that. So whether or not he's a bad guy is not the question. He is. But the question is, is his situation or his perspective sympathetic? And I don't mean like, I feel bad for him, although you can, but more of a, I can, the true definition, you can sympathize. You can put yourself and understand or empathize, I suppose, with where he's coming from and why he is the way he is. We don't have to agree. It's just that you have to be able to recognize that it makes sense. And they they do a good job. But while we do see on one side, okay, he was some sort of test tube baby, we also hear from Billy's own mouth that he raped his wife, Becca. Yeah. So... Even if you can understand where someone comes from, that doesn't justify anything. No, not done. at all. And so now, not only is he some Listen, mass a, a murderer. Tra- a tragic thing that may have happened, mm-hmm. a moment of trauma as a child, doesn't justify all your wrongs. Doesn't excuse can it. Can you possibly have a little bit of understanding and see, well, now we understand why he's the way he is. But it doesn't make it all fine good. We, no. it, not all is forgiven. I mean, you can go back through all the psych profiles of so many serial killers. Many yeah. serial killers. That's have, what Mindhunters is all about. It, yes, exactly. And we have said throughout the show that this dude has mother issues. He has mommy issues. That, that much is very apparent. And if you go through the psych evaluations of so many serial, serial killers that were male, um, 90% of them have one thing in common, a hatred towards women. Based on their relationship or lack of with their mother. Which, if he's a test tube baby. Yeah. 
So, and it doesn't mean we we forgive the serial killers. No. It doesn't mean we like, oh, poor guys. But now suddenly we have okay, an understanding. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely makes Billy's perspective a lot more sympathetic. You know, he is kind of coming across as a dickhead to a lot of things. See, I, I disagree. And I was going to ask you that. Honestly, man, when he is uh, in this at this point, I, I don't. He's I can understand. I don't agree. Billy See, and I Homelander well, are sim- more something closer. about you and I then because I'm like all about it. I'm like, dude, you know what? These people are shitbirds, horrible people. Mm-hmm. They need to be taken down a notch. And if the law is unable to do it, I'm an advocate for. No, no, no. I completely agree with that. Ism, obviously. Yes. If the law isn't taking care then of it, do it yourself. I have no problem with a guy having a righteous kill. Dude, I love Punisher. Yeah. I completely agree with Billy Butcher. I'm saying he's being a little bit of an asshole to his friends or how he goes about things sometimes, but I completely understand it. Not only is his wife dead or missing, presumed dead, yeah. for eight fucking years, a decade almost, and and the the pain of that eating at you alone, of not knowing what happened to her. And the assumption that she was raped and... But, but believing then, that she was raped yeah. as well by... Superman of all people by Homelander, yeah. the guy who's supposed to be the beacon of truth, justice in the American way in this universe. Talk about yet again, uh, an allegory for God worship and religion. God is supposed to love us. He's supposed to look out for us. Why is he allowing these things to Horrible happen things to, to happen. us? Why did God take my son, my, my wife, my whomever, you know, we get all that. It is very, so while he has, some people might say he's been kind of a cock yeah. throughout the show. I've enjoyed every scene that he's in. Yeah. But I can, and I completely agree with his perspective, but at least people here again can see why he's so hell bent for Homelander. While I don't, but like, it's not right to throw away that deal with the CIA for his team's entirety. Just throw that away. No, not at all. But I can completely get why he did. Yeah. Because for him, Homelander is the goal. The rest of it's kind of ancillary. And I liked how they brought that into focus this week through that AA-style meeting. Oh, best scene to I, me, dude. And this is yet another example of showing and not telling. Yes, it's telling, but it's also showing. It's more, yeah. I mean, this is such a smart way to really get to the bottom of Billy the Butcher's issues with the soups. How do you get him to talk? How do you get a guy? Because none of us would believe that Billy the Butcher's ever going to sit down on a bench in a park and tell Huey, hey, this is what happened. He's not the type of guy that's cool with vulner- no. with vulnerability no, of but any rage. kind. But how can you get him to finally open up in order to justify his actions? Well, there you go. You had to have a moment in that AA meeting for the following scene to be believable. Yeah. For him to say, look, look, Huey, you know, I mean, well, I understand I come off like a dick, mm-hmm. but this is the reason why you can't trust the soups because the the very the golden boy of the seven is the very one who did this mm-hmm. to my wife. Now, do you understand the issue I have with all of these losers worshiping these people? So it's well, it was it's a, a great, great scene and it was mm-hmm. a great way to get that out. And this is, again an exceptional example of just good writing. It is because you're right. If he had just taken Billy on a walk or a Huey on a walk and they sat in the park, you'd be like, where the fuck did this come from? And yet so many shows would do that. And what emotion does he usually show? Anger. Yeah. Disinterest comedy. The AA leader 
calls him out on that. And through rage, the one thing that he's easily shows, he lashes out his anger, his inability, his inability to be able to do anything about it on his own at these people who probably could help his cause and won't the people he views as cowards, people like he said, scared little rabbits who could do something, but don't. And their pathetic love for a God. I mean, the guy got his dick frozen off oh. like a popsicle. Oh. And he's like, I still love her. And this is what I pay for being with a goddess like her. Yeah. no, I mean, it sounds like it was an accident, but good God, man. You know, the woman's like, I just wish he'd been a little bit nicer with my spine. Oh. No, you shouldn't be making yourself out to be the victim. And there is more of that sexual violence concept that that this show has been touching on yeah. coming into play here. Well, you know, he he didn't mean it. I should have been more. It was my fault. You know, I still love them. These things of what the victims often say that they feel that it's their fault. Talk about cracking open the issues of abuse as well. All kinds of abuse. I wish he had been nicer with my spine, but I'm glad he saved me. Well, I still loved her and it was an accident and all these justifications. And Billy Butcher for better or worse is saying, stop being scared. Stop being, he called them scared cunts, scared cunts. Stop being a scared cunt. Basically, you know, put that on a t-shirt. Maybe I can't wear it around too much, but still, (laughs) And it was, you're right, it's a great scene. And that taking that moment and talking to Huey about it after that does then make sense. And it puts more perspective into the fact that Billy knows Huey's into Starlight. And he knows if he can't trust Homelander, he thinks from his perspective he's helping Billy or Huey because you're not going to be able to help. She's going to hurt you just the same. Yeah, all of the soups are the same. Listen, all I looks had into to hear, all these people's stories. Dick got frozen off. Yeah, that's Spine all I had to hear. As, as soon as I heard that story, I'm like, I'm out. What if Starlight orgasms and she burns your dick off? I'm out. I would have been done. I'm like, could have happened later. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Listen, I'm gonna go to a hot chick club on a Saturday night, throw a, a dime, chick and, club. and I'll just throw a dime in the crowd, and I hit like 15 different starlights. I mean, <laughs> they, come on, the dime a dozen over here. Yeah. My dick is not. So I need it. it. You know, having seen that, he says, look at all these other people who suffered. I have suffered. And if you're not careful, you will suffer too. And at first, Huey doesn't want to listen to it. And, and he knows that he's thinking, oh, she's different. But he's like, I thought Homelander was different. These people thought other people were different. Huey I'm is a going bothered to get hurt. By Huey. I'm just going to be honest here. Really? Um, I get it. I, I don't. The dude lost his girlfriend just a few months ago the love of his but life look at how much hotter starlight oh, come is. on okay listen <laughs> that, that's gonna help for a little bit i know and not forever i mean eventually you're gonna be like you know what love is gonna sink in like God, i'm an asshole don't get me wrong i think huey's a champ in a lot of ways the guy's a a trooper and he's making the hard decisions many times but mm-hmm. when it comes to that aspect i'm just like man it don't make sense to me. I completely get it. Going through grief and, and going through Look at how much his life has changed in a sh- few short weeks. All right. And she's the only thing that feels stable and, and much, much like she probably lowered her standards to be with Huey. 
But also, she's the enemy. Like, uh, but on. she's not. That's the thing. How is does that he know that? He for, doesn't. Without a doubt, that's... he doesn't. But that's the thing is that she is this representation of wholesome idealness. That she is still the good that superheroes could be. And he I understand that, that he her. met her before. I have a feeling, and that was a, and that helps. a smart call because if he had met her knowing that she was a soup, then I think his whole entire relationship would have progressed very differently. He liked her beforehand. Yeah. They I, had a connection and, beforehand. And that's why I give it a pass. It may, yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm saying you just don't agree. He was a biatch. I'm like, get so over you would it, be dude. Billy Butcher and I'd be. I Hugh. would absolutely. I'd be like, dude, there's other fish in the sea. And I'd look, be like, it, it she's sucks, different. But she treats. Listen, she's dangerous, dude. Move on. OK, we have a mission. And then Ryan would be what? I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not mother's milk. Frenchy just causing problems and bringing random strange <laughs> into the group. Maybe. <laughs> so. I think, honestly, Billy the Butcher is probably a, a mixture of me and Ryan. Yeah, probably. Probably. But you're Huey for days. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I won't deny that. I'm dork Huey for sure. But to and to that point, then, you know, they see two different things. Knowing that Huey won't, like, do what needs to be done in Butcher's mind of his own volition, he threatens him with the facts of Translucent. And that's kind of a dick move. And I think that's where... I'm I'm saying I completely like Billy Butcher and I understand where he's coming from, but that he doesn't take the deal and it affects his team because of what he wants. Yeah. He threatens Huey's happiness because it's what he wants. He's very selfish. And honestly, I I think the, the aspect that follows next with starlight, I think that justifies much of what for as an audience, I think it justifies Mm -hmm. to us Huey's reasoning. Absolutely. Because you see Starlight doing something that none of the other soups would ever dream of. Not even Homelander really stands up. Yeah, the fact that she's fantastic scene. No, I'm not going to do this. Sorry, no. The ball's in my court finally, and I'm going to hold on to this ball before I even think of passing it. I'm not playing a fair game anymore because you guys have not been playing a fair game at all. So been telling me what to do, what to wear, what to say. And honestly, I think that has made me uh, more drawn to Starlight. Mm-hmm. I haven't been the biggest you have not. fan of her character. I just feel like she's just, hey, he, he, I'm here. And she's a bit of a... It's because you're a jaded, cynical I think bastard. She's, well, and also, I, I just think she's there to create conflict for Huey because Huey's more of the focus. And I don't think she has been her own true character until this moment. Really? I With just, all she's gone through, she is the perfect eyes of seeing what's how. What's the show about? Let me, let me, I'm going to have you the, answer your own question. What's the show about, really? Like, I, corruption. I, at, of, no, no, hold on. At face value. What's the show face about? Face value. I, what's the synopsis of the show? A guy tries to get revenge with another group of people to take down soups who are dicks. Okay. And that is Huey. Mm-hmm. Butcher, Butcher. MM. Frenchy. Yes. The show, for the most part, has been geared towards them. They're the mm-hmm. folks of the show. Yeah. And I haven't really seen anything. Not that, not, not, let me, let me backtrack. Has she been interesting? Yes. But I don't feel like she's had her own true story that's disconnected from Huey. For the most part, she has been bait for Huey. She has been designed to get him more into shit. Mm-hmm. She is the reason why he. You feel like she's been more of a Creek plot device with, than a character. Yes, he's the reason why. She's the reason why he's up Shit's Creek without a paddle. From a writing perspective, that's how she's been designed for the most part. Yes, they've given her depth, they've given her development as a character, but is she truly an individual? 
within this story. I feel like at this moment, she has detached herself. Her story is no longer connected solely to Huey. And I think this is the moment where she has kind of grabbed her own story arc fully and has become a deciding factor that would actually create a ripple in the narrative. You get what I'm saying? She's actually changing the direction of the story because Vought is now forced to to, deal with things, to deal with the situation because of her directly. I get what you're saying. I would say it happened last episode when she on stage decided to tell everyone, okay, fuck off. And the truth, that was to me the moment she'd made the choice to not be anyone's puppet and make her own decisions. I get what you're saying. She is more of a plot device for Huey's deliberate direct narrative, but she's also our eyes and the commentary for celebrity culture, political culture, athlete culture, all this being famous and what is, it does for is you. This you talk, how much of this is you talking or penis talking? I'd say it's 75, 25. Because I would say Maeve is more of no. an individual. Oh, of an individual. I'm talking she, Starlight is the perspective of wow, I want to be famous, and then you get there, and this is all the fucked up, corrupt shit that happens. I'm not going to disagree with that. Maeve is the bitter person who has survived it, thrown her chips down, and said, this is just where I'm at. She's Gwyneth Paltrow. She's all, you know what? Yeah, sure, it's happened. I'm just going to keep my head down. Yeah. This is what, it is what it is, and I'm going to continue through it because of my own reasons. So, it's, it's... Starlight's Rose McGowan, if you will. (laughs) Wow. I would not be that mean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I, her scene was Stillwell. I think the other thing that was, that was very important was that Stillwell is a female character. Because she's, this is something that does happen where someone who's a higher up in power tells you, shut up about your sexual assault. That is a woman. Yeah. Not the stereotypical man with a cigar telling the woman, no, I'll just deal with it, honey. Well, listen, th- there was an article that was just posted, I want to say last month, that was a, an opinion piece. I want to say on the variety where a woman who is involved in Hollywood specifically said the biggest enemy for women are not the males. The males are the assholes that mm-hmm. take advantage of the situation. But it, everyone thinks there's a girl power mentality in hollywood because that's the Not. face they put on at the award shows but the women are some of the worst people to each other very competitive look at stillwell and look at that fired uh assistant yeah they didn't give a fuck about still or starlight from the costume from her first appearance all that stuff they enabled this system just as much men are no one's saying the men aren't fucking assholes Listen, or pigs the deep is a piece of shit homeboy uh, harvey weinstein yeah. okay could Needed not help. could not have gotten as far as he has for what 30 plus years unless he was surrounded by a bunch of enablers both male and female on both sides yeah i mean look at the deep he he's and i should have said homeboy because he's definitely not my homeboy <laughs> well in then even then stillwell doesn't care about starlight or anybody but the company and so she immediately says, we got to sacrifice the deep. We got to have him say an apology. We got to get ahead of this. That is the most corporate thing you can do. But it did make way for some great jokes. It did. I'm, I mean, the deep <laughs> is truly a douche. Okay. Well, especially because still less this or the Ryan other women is the deep. Ryan's the deep. Ryan's the deep. I mean, can you not see Ryan hanging outside his yellow, you know, Humvee be like, tell your story, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. 
sidetrack. The Rain Man show. The Rain Man show he was last on. 30% of it. I remember 100% of it. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's right. 30% of the time you remember 100% of what happened? Tell your truth. Yeah, that's Ryan for sure. But even then, still will says, or if Starlight goes public or some of the other women, this has happened before and they sweep it under the rug. But now it's too big, so they sacrifice him. And he he's such Sometimes a douche, but his story. <laughs> he's such a douche, but his story just gets funnier and funnier. I, like it's like I hate that I like him. I, <laughs> and it's a different way. Like I like Homelander because I He's a great actor. He's yeah, scary. And he has a good story and everything yeah. that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know yet is great. I feel like it's <laughs> going to be an awesome reveal for his character. But with the deep, I, I like him because he's just such a dope. He is such he's a such dope. a fucking loser. Yeah, he's right. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, I'm, I'm kind of the number two around here. <laughs> so you better suck. my. And then you find out that he's, you know. Yeah, he tries to Twinkies take, in the dark, hoping to, nobody kills him on his bullshit. Tries to take his life in his own hands, and he kills a dolphin. Oh God! Yeah, that's something Ryan would definitely that's, do. That's Ryan. That's Ryan move, man. But beyond that, we find out even more how corrupt Vought is with the fact that they're making super terrorists. We find this out through uh, Kimiko's story. With was it Haley Joel Osment? who yeah. uh, is the mesmer. Mes- mesmer yeah. God, that 80s, more of that Kripke using, like, remember these old Law & Order kind of <laughs> Matlock-esque yeah. TV shows? Good, I loved it. Oh, uh, that was so painful to watch. Like, just, like, the style and the, the, the corniness of it. He nailed it. He knows TV, man. He knows TV. Like, every decade, he knows TV. But with him, they find out behind the story behind the female that she's a soldier that which would explain a few things this part is so fucking good and it's great visual storytelling and again socially relevant mm-hmm. creator creating our own wars yeah. creating our own enemies uh, so that we can justify war our so actions. we can take natural resources so we can make money so mm-hmm. we can sell more bonds i mean these are things that have happened in history the 80s the especially yeah i mean it's definitely one of the most powerful moments i think to in this show to date and it's tough that to watch reveal yeah that reveal is tough to watch because you know i couldn't help but it sounds kind of keyboard warrior e but you can't help but watch that and be like man this shit does happen in other places of the world and we're complaining here about traffic and so many other things but at least somebody didn't come into my house in the middle of the night as a kid kill my family and send me off to war yeah it sounds a little bit keyboard warrior-esque but it's it's true that this shit happens and i like that they brought that in and i like as you said they touch on the political corruption it's all about corruption this show and what a simple way to make yet another character instantly relatable yeah relatable and in such a short amount of time Give her a substantial backstory. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we understand her. Yep. I, I can't think of any other way they could cover that much ground. I mean, let's introduce a character named Mesmer who can read people's minds by touching them. Once again, finding a way to show us, not tell us. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And Just it worked great. great. Just great. 
And again, we get a little bit more insight as to who she is without as much of this mystery element that just hoping that Frenchie's figured it out correctly. And it makes her, it makes her relatable and it makes her feel like another part of the group that she's a victim just like everybody else. Now, introducing a psychic Mesmer was always a risky gambit and it blew up immediately in their fucking face, which I I was mad at him, but I completely understood as well that he would go straight to Homelander and tell them about what was going on. Well, he seems to not be aware of how corrupt they are either. He want, as he said, he was like, I just want to be one of the good guys yeah. again. And that's the thing is that these companies, these you want, I just want to be famous again. That is a very real thing. Yeah. I mean, a train saying nobody wants the second fastest guy. Nobody wants to be the second most popular, second prettiest. You know, it's all of this. They sacrifice everything. I just want to pay my mortgage. I'd like to be on auto pay for my bills and not worry about it. I just I don't want to live check to check. (laughs) That's the same thing. (laughs) Oh, no. But he wants to be one of the good guys again. So he sells them out to Homelander, which is tough because you would think that'd be the right thing to do on paper tell superman about it why wouldn't i these guys fucking came into my house and i got my wrist broken and they're working with terrorists on paper he's in the right but it makes it all the harder all the worse because now homelander's got fucking pictures of everybody the way the episode ended when there was like recognition in his face because he he obviously he he recognized homelander and put and also the fact that huey is involved to see it goes back to how good that actor is because he didn't say a word but when he was going through those pictures it was just realization just hit him uh that's everything that's the beginning of seven no that's the end of this episode Uh -uh. when he looked at the phone he doesn't realize anything then yeah his face that's what i'm talking about i'm saying he said it Yes, he figured, we know, okay, hold on. No, no, at the beginning of episode the, seven, he's got the photos up, and that's when he clicks, and it says the boys. That's when he understands who Billy the Butcher is. Okay, you're so, saying he recognizes but at the Yeah, I, I know what okay. episode, yeah, I, I'm not confused this time. My apologies, I was. <laughs> no, at the end of the episode, he goes through his phone, and that's why he flies off. It's His face just makes this, what the fuck? Subtle movement. Yeah, I mean, come on, Huey's not going to take that long for him to recognize. No, it's only been yeah. a week, a couple of days. Yeah, he may not have it all figured out, but he, I think he's realizing that they've been being played. That this is a lot uh, more intricate than Mm-mm. simply... Than just random happenstance. Or it isn't, that something it isn't randos. Happened. Yeah, this is all connected. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. And... Again, it's it's hard. I like how it puts into perspective. Yes, Homelander is very clearly evil. But if you look at where Mesmer's coming from, he helped Superman and he wants to be a good guy again and stop these guys who assaulted him and they're a group of terrorists. Why wouldn't you think that that's the right thing to do? Yeah. And it, it just really does give, especially with Mesmer, it has a kid and all these other things involved. It shows that everybody has a lot more going on than they're letting everyone else see. There's a real life element to almost everything. No, not all. The only character there isn't possibly a real life element to is uh, was Noir. Black, Black Noir because he's silent and we, he just hangs out. We just don't know anything about him yet. I, I want to know. I think that's on purpose, man. I, I think that'll probably, be season two. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're saving him for season two, for sure. You can't just bust your nut with all seven. Yeah. So. so, yeah, that's what's really cool about this show. And I am I noticed that actually this episode, every single character has a very real world attachment. Well, that's and, connected, I should say, to their character development. Yeah. And it's, a relatable aspect or at least something that will make you go, hmm, okay, I understand that. Well, and now we start to figure out that each one of them has a lot more to lose than we thought. And things are going to come to a head very, very quickly. We're only two episodes left. I mean, kind of getting into final thoughts now. This episode, it is a little bit, it is a little bit slower, but it's a perfect setup. It's a perfect showing of where these people are coming from, why Billy's doing what he's doing, why Homelander's the jerk that he is, why, you know, the female is doing what she's doing, what Vaught is really up to. Why do females do what? do anything why don't they do the things they do all the time that's the, the biggest that's what you want to figure out yeah i just want to understand the the fact that vaught is really this evil that they're starting to make their own super terrorists attempt to help their own political agenda and make money that's the reason you gotta be fucking kidding me but the framing of this episode was what made it fun to watch the fact that every single bit was behind the scenes for the reality tv show you know the interview at the racetrack the here's the details let's find out about queen mave and her relationship i turn the cameras off but of course let's keep rolling and just hide behind the pillar with the boom mic and hope that she doesn't notice you i wouldn't want to be that guy i wouldn't want that job oh no she i'd be the first one she'd punch and then immediately that guy gets fired from putting the blanket on the bed like those little bits there were written at face value for being something fun, but used in a way that told us a lot more about each character. And it's another fantastic episode for me. I It's a little bit of a lull compared to where things had been previously, but it is setting up for some seriously painful falls coming forward. Mike, any final thoughts on this one? No, you said it all. It, a great episode. I didn't have a problem with the with the fact that we took a timeout a little no. bit. No, In I think fact, we needed to. Yeah, it's usually this point, a showrunner that understands writing for TV, usually around this point, we slow things down just a bit as we get ready for the finale. Because then we're not going to stop. It's going to yeah. be all gas, no breaks. Yeah. So with that, that's going to do it here for Hang With The Boys, Episode 6. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to share the show with your friends, share the show with family, social media, all that stuff. Every little bit helps us out. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next time. You should fuck off, Huey.